We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Spiritual heart failure. That our, our spiritual hearts can fail us. We, and, and that I believe that in the church, and when I speak of the church, I'm not just talking about harvest. I'm talking about in general, children of God all over the world. That if we're not careful, our hearts are failing us for fear. Fear of what tomorrow holds, fear of what the economy might hold, fear of what our future might be. We, we, we get gripped by fear, and some, some people's hearts are failing them. And now, you know, I know that can happen physically, but I'm talking about in the spiritual sense of people that are walking away from their faith. They're just giving up. They feel like, you know, what's the use? I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, but I've never seen the mountain move. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, but I'm still the same. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and my marriage has never been healed. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and my kids are still crazy. Okay. <laughs> Come on, anybody? Come on. I'll, I'll tell you now, I ain't going to play church with you. I'm just going to be real. Amen. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and it just seems like I've not seen any change. I got news for you. God's working even when you think he's not. God, I, I found that God is, mo is working the most in the time I'm waiting. And I'm just not good at waiting, and you're not just good at waiting. We're, 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 terrible. we're terrible when it comes to waiting, especially in America. We've gotten spoiled to having it when we want it and instantaneously. So uh, for all of our new time people here, this is how it works. The more you amen me, the more you uh, urge me on, the quicker you'll go eat. <clears throat> so, and since the fast is over, I'll join you. Amen. We'll eat together. Amen. So let's, let's, let's look at this. Healing for the wounded heart. That's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bible, Psalms 147, verses 1 through 3, it's going to be where I'm anchoring in just a moment. We'll get to that. But I want to talk to you about Jehovah Rapha. Um, and and, and uh, again, the name of God in the Old Testament was Jehovah, but they would attach an attribute of God, okay? Whenever they went through a difficult... We're actually going to do a series on the names of, of, of God. Uh, I'm, I'm getting excited about that. I'm working on that now, on, on the names Jehovah, the different names. But we're going to talk about Jehovah Rapha, so we'll probably revisit this in a few months But when we get to that series. But Jehovah Rapha is in the midst of our bitterness and hurt. God reveals himself as the healer. The word Rapha is used some 60 times in the Old Testament, and it means to restore, to heal, or to cure physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We are in need of the healing, of healing. We are in need of Jehovah Rapha in our church and in our churches and in our community and in our world. We are in need of the healer. I wonder if anybody would say this morning, Pastor, we are in need of the healer. We are in need of a move of God, either emotionally, spiritually, or physically, we are in need of Jehovah Rapha to come amongst us and be the healer, the restorer this day. In other words, from top to bottom, he is, he is going to heal us, whether it be emotionally, physically, or spiritually, he came to cure us. In other words, healing for our wounded heart begins when we acknowledge we need healing. Healing is part of the blessing of obedience to the law, according to Exodus 15, 26, and I want to read that to you. He said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and 
keep all his statutes, I will put no, uh, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, and that translates in the Hebrew. I am the Lord. Uh, I am your healer. Translates. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that the healer is here. You say yes. I know he healed back in the times of Jesus. That's a sad faith that you have if you just believe he healed then. But I've had him touch my body. I've had him touch my mind. I've had him lift me out of the pit of depression. I'm talking about me. I've seen God set me free. I've seen God save me, wash me clean. I know God still heals today. Do you believe in the healer? Do you believe in the healer? Amen. About five or six of us do. Before we leave, maybe you will. I'm getting mad at you. That means you're one of those that don't believe in it. I found if you don't get mad, then you're okay with it. Jehovah Rapha. Rapha is used, like I said, to, to, to deal with, to restore or to cure physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Psalm 6, verses 2 through 3. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. It says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languished. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long will I wait? Emotionally, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languished. He says, I, I need your emotional healing. My mind has went as far as it can go. My brain can't process any more trouble. My brain can't go through any more than what it's facing. I want you to understand, some of us, we are troubled emotionally, and the enemy has come to us. And you say, I'm not going to, you know, I, I really want to get to this today, that there is a, the, the greatest sickness in this world today is emotional sickness, but it has become so taboo, we don't want to talk about it. We need to talk about it. Because our God came to heal us of our anxiety. God came to heal you of your fear. I'm going to preach to you this morning. I just come off 30 days with the Lord. I'm ready to talk to you about what heaven said to me. He said, I'm coming to heal at Harvest Worship Center. I've come to restore at Harvest Worship Center. I am the God that will heal those who are depressed, those who are suffering from anxiety, those who need to be set free in their mind. I'm going to set them free for I am Jehovah Rapha the healer, the God that heals. He said, I have come to restore those who need healing in their mind. I'm languished, oh Lord. Have you ever been just fed up? Your mind just can't process anymore. He is the God that heals. He says, be gracious or heal me, oh Lord, and be gracious for my bones. My bones are troubled. Have you ever had trouble in your bones? In other words, you hurt. Amen. Now, if your knees work good, bless you. I'm glad for you. My knees don't want to cooperate. It's not the knee they operate on. It's the good knee that I compensated on. There's days that, that, that I don't, my bones hurt. Anybody's bones hurt? So you ain't helping me, so we just added another 10 minutes. So <laughs> those that ate men, you can go into you know. We'll have two dismissals. So. Listen to me this morning. You ever been so hurting in your bones? Your body hurts. Come on, church. Your body hurts. You're physically hurting this morning. I still serve the Lord that the Bible says that Jesus took a stripe upon his back for whatever ails your body this morning. Oh, my goodness. For whatever you're hurting, God is the healer this morning. Jehovah Rapha is the healer of the body this morning. He came to heal. He goes on in Psalm 6, and he says, My soul 
also is greatly troubled. But you, O oh Lord, how long? He said, how long will I go through this process? Be gracious to me, Lord. Oh, Lord, be gracious to me because I emotionally need a touch. Lord, heal me for my bones hurt, God. Uh, spiritually, my soul is greatly troubled. But you, oh, Lord, how long? He goes on and says, how long will I wait? Because I know that my God possesses all the power to do everything that I need this morning. What lies behind and, and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. That's according to Ralph... Uh, Waldo Emerson, he's saying that, that, what, that what's in us is what matters. What are you carrying in you this morning? Well, I just came to have church. I just came to sing a little bit, hear a nice little three-point sermon and let you go home. Well, I got four points, so you're disappointed this morning. I want you to understand God is the healer of the body this morning. He's ready to restore some of us. He's ready to set us free. God, I'm telling you, God's spoken that to some in this fast, that God is going to bring this, bring healing to this place. I love one word that was shared with me during the fast. I had somebody come to me and say, I'm so glad they're building the ER down the road, but what we're doing is we're building a spiritual emergency room. Do you realize this is not a place for the well, but this is a place for the sick. This is a place for the hurting. This is the place for the wounded. This is a place where you'll find healing this morning if you want it. God's ready to restore some of us if we'll let him. Restore some of us if we'll let him. In other words, it's not what lies behind us and it's what lies before us. They're tiny matters compared to what's in us. It's how we're processing through these things. Psalms 147 verses 1 through 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. Have you ever had a broken heart? He's here to heal it this morning, no matter what the cause of that hurt. Healing for the wounded heart is available to everyone who seeks it this morning. The word broken means to burst in the, in, in the Hebrew. To burst or to break into pieces, to crush or to smash. Some of you feel that way right now emotionally. You feel the pain overwhelming you. You feel like you're about to burst. You feel like you're about to be broken to pieces or you have been. You feel crushed and you feel smashed. I'm talking to somebody today, but I'm telling you, he is the healer. He is the healer. The healer is in the room this morning. The restorer is in the room this morning. Sources of hurt, the plot to conquer your heart. You realize there's a plot to conquer your heart. The devil wants to conquer your thoughts. He wants to conquer your mind. He wants to destroy your body as well. Proverbs 26 to 22 says, the, word, the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. He's saying sometimes people's words do damage. You know, I heard that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That's, a, that's such a lie. Bones will heal, but, but words can jab deep into the heart. They can, they can break a heart to pieces. They can crush the spirit. They can, they can literally shatter us if we're not careful. What we speak to people does matter today, and, and a harsh tongue can do, do damage beyond belief. Matter of fact, the other day I was, I was uh, at the school and this little girl just burst into tears and she burst into tears. Why? Because somebody had some, said something mean to her. And, you know, and I know the tendency is to say, oh, man, you know, just man up. Just Do you realize words hurt? doesn't matter how old you are. They hurt. When people say ugly things about you, it sticks and it burns deep into your conscience. And it is hard to shake what's been said to you sometimes, especially when you're young. 
If you're told that you're dumb all your life, you'll begin to believe what you've been told if you're not careful. You'll begin to believe if you've been told you're ugly, if you've been told different things about who you are, you will begin to believe what has been told about you. I want you to understand that God is the healer of the mind this morning. He, he can reach into what shattered your heart or crushed you this morning. Psalms 109.22 says, For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. The psalmist is crying out saying, My heart is just it's stricken. It, is, it, is, it has been bashed. It has been wounded. It has been beaten up. I'm telling you, this world's going to give you some heart trouble if you, if you live long enough. It's going to do damage if you live long enough. Something's going to come your way that's going to literally stricken you with heartache. I want you to understand this morning, God's still ready to restore you. People say and do things to hurt us sometimes. Don't sit there and pretend. People do and say things sometimes just to hurt us. Amen. Sometimes people are vicious in, with their tongue. And why? Because they, they're just, they don't mean anything but to hurt or to damage or to make us feel bad. Words can hurt more than we can realize. Hearts are broken by what is said sometimes. Again, we need to understand that, 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 that hearts are broken through sorrow. Hearts are broken through disappointment. Hearts are broken through bereavement. Hearts are broken through 10,000 ways, for this is a heartbreaking world. Amen. Amen. It's a heartbreaking world. It breaks my heart to watch uh, the suffering that goes on in this world. It breaks my heart to watch children that, and know that children are going to bed hungry at night. But guess what? They're not, it's not just in some third world country. That happens right here in Chattooga County. There are kids that go to bed hungry at night. There are, are adults that go to bed hungry at night. What are you saying? I'm saying, church, it's time for us to wake up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And remember this, the Jehovah Rapha is here to heal us so that we can help others find healing in their bodies healing in their minds and their spirits. What are the symptoms of a wounded heart? Uh, the physical heart, we can find the symptoms of this in Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good, but a, a good is medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That's a rough proverb, isn't it? He's saying a, a, a joyful heart, is it does good like a medicine. To laugh sometimes is a good thing. To celebrate is a good thing. Amen. Uh, and sometimes have you ever been feeling really bad and somebody say something and it gets you really tickled? Amen. And you get really laughing and you can't, you, and, and all of a sudden you don't, for just a little bit, you don't think about what's bothering you. For just a little bit, it, it goes away. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times I say things to myself and I get myself tickled. I remember one of the first times I preached, Dave looked at me and he said, son, I enjoyed that, but I really wish you'd watch what you say. I said, you'd be proud of me if you knew what I was filtering. <laughs> Sometimes our filter gets broke. Amen, Stephanie. <laughs> Sometimes our filter. <laughs> oh, me. You know, Jeff's here all day long on Saturdays and you aren't here to filter anything. I just want you to understand that. <laughs> Some, a joyful heart does good like a medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. What do you mean? A crushed heart will suck the energy out of a room. A crushed spirit will dry us up. Amen. You ever had somebody that was a crushed soul that they, they took the fun out of anything? Amen. 
They took the fun out of the room. They took the fun out of life. They just literally, I mean, they could win a million dollars and they would look at you and say, well, the government's going to take 70% of taxes. Well, you didn't have the other 40 or 30. Can't do math today. Been a long weekend. Whatever it is. I'll leave that to you math people. You know, I sub some at the school, and why they stick me in math classes, I never know. <laughs> but PhotoMath is a wonderful app. I'm just saying. Amen. A joyful heart is good like a medicine. I found that there can be two types of people in this world. There can be those who are medicine to a hurting heart, and there can be those who continue to dry it up. We can, literally, we can either bring life into the room, or we can take life out of the room. I want you to know, Harvest, listen to me. We are supposed to be life givers. We are supposed to bring life into the room. I'm not talking about some pretend fake joy. I'm talking about we go through stuff just like everybody else goes through stuff. But guess what? I know who's walking with me. I know who's walking every part of the journey with me. And my joy does not come from giddy happiness that will fade. It comes from understanding that God has got my back and I can trust in him like we were singing. I can seek him and he's not going to sit there and go, you've not been good enough for me to answer today. Sometimes he looks at me and says, I know you've not been good enough, but you're my son. I love you anyway, so I'm going to bless you anyway. Yes. Amen. Sometimes my kids are not worthy of blessing. Amen. How do you know my kids aren't worthy of blessing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. I know. I'm done. Listen, any of you parents are saying, sometimes I bless my kid and they really don't deserve nothing. Amen. This is where I tell my on my nephew. We went over to see him at Christmas time, and and Devin was real little at the time, and me and Tina didn't have our kids yet. So we walked in, and he's showing us all the stuff that Santa Claus had brought him. And then he looks at us and he goes, "Look at all this stuff I got." And I really wasn't that good. <laughs> How many times has God blessed us, and we really wasn't we really wasn't that good? How many times has he come through for you and you really wasn't being that faithful to him? You really wasn't praying like you ought to pray. You really wasn't seeking him like you really should have been seeking him. But yet he blessed you anyway. Guess what? That doesn't speak of how good you are. It speaks of how good he is. He is Jehovah Rapha, the healer, and he blesses us even when we don't deserve it. But why he blesses us so even when we don't deserve it is to cause us to realize, what would I do for you? What would I bring? What prayer would I answer? One time I was praying one time, and I had one of those soul-searching moments where I felt like, uh, you know, Lord, I'm just an awful son. I'm not being Lord. And I'm, and I'm telling God all the things I was not, and, and I was expecting the Lord to come to my pity party and tell me how good a son I was. And he says, you're right. You, you absolutely are right about yourself. Well, thanks. And then he said, I love you anyway. And if I blessed you when you have been this way, what would I do for you when you are faithful? What would God be doing for some of us if we would get our act right? 
What would God be blessing some of us with? I'm not talking about money in the bank. I'm talking about health and healing. Of I'm going to tell you right now. How many of you, a uh, million dollars will eventually go away, but the joy of the Lord will endure forever and ever and ever. I'm going to take the joy of the Lord any day over that. Why? Because the things of this world are temporary, but the presence of God is eternal. And I'm telling you, what he is offering you today is a heart that is whole. Let me just let me share this with you. This is how it affects us physically. When our heart, our spirit is crushed, we get nervous disorders. We get stomach problems. This is signs of a, a wounded, broken heart. Our heart aches. We get insomnia. We're troubled. Ever had that happen? I have. Signs of a, of, a, of a crushed spirit. Um, um, uh, mental and emotional. Proverbs 18, 14. This is a good one. A man's spirit will endure sickness. He's saying a man's spirit can deal with sickness. You can get through it. But he says, a crushed spirit, who can bear? He's saying, listen to me today. You, you, you get through sickness, but eventually if it gets into your spirit and you get crushed. You ever heard somebody say this? That, that's been fighting a long physical battle? Well, they just gave up. And that's when death came. They just gave up. They got tired of fighting. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we get tired. But what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to get beyond just the surface to get into our spirits. And this can bring about emotional distress, which is depression, uh, anxiety, fits of anger and rage, confusion, fear, and paranoia. Do you ever met a paranoid person? They're just paranoid. They, you know, they, they could be in a room. They could be walking in the mall and two strangers uh, against the wall talking to one another, and they think they were talking about them. They're paranoid. They're paranoid about everything. They, they just can't seem to find peace in their life. They don't, they, you know, everybody don't like me. Everybody just hates me. It's almost like, anybody remember the old show, Hee Haw? Man, I used to love singing that song. I like it. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for good luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh, gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's somebody's theme song in this room. God's ready to be the joy of... Oh, my goodness. He's ready to be the joy and the healer in your life. To make you realize that there are things that are good that we can get out of that place of darkness. Now, the last one, spiritual. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 10 says, We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. The opposite of these are the symptoms of a broken spirit. When we are crushed by the things that come our way or we're pressed and crushed, that is signs of a spiritual broken heart or wounded heart. When we're perplexed at everything that comes around and it gets into our spirit, we're always, I just don't know why this is happening. I just don't know why this has to go on. And that constantly rules every area of our life. Then, then that is a symptom of a wounded heart. But we're in despair and we're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We feel like we've been abandoned. We were persecuted, but now we feel abandoned. See, the opposite of this scripture is, is symptoms of a wounded and broken heart. This can bring about a wounded spirit or a broken spirit, nightmares. 
seeing unusual things, lack of control of ourselves, a sense that God has abandoned you. You feel like God does everything for everyone else, but why don't he don't ever do anything for you? You get to the point where you even question your salvation. This is signs of a spiritually wounded heart. Anybody remember the, the story of the fall of Troy, Trojan horse? A Trojan horse sits outside the gates of your heart. This was written by an unnamed author. The Trojan horse sits out the gate of your heart. Its name is anger, resentment, and bitterness. It is, it is a monument to every attack you have endured from your fellow man and from the devil. It is a gift left by people who have wronged you. It is a monument of pain, sorrow, and devastation that they have caused you. But to accept the gift is to invite ruin into your life. It's only a lure. A celebration is short-lived. Once inside the walls of your heart, it releases its agents of destruction, and it, it plots quietly. Its plot quietly unfolds from the inside out. A root of bitterness that wraps around your heart eventually brings forth fruit of bitterness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The enemy wants you to live your entire life bitter towards the world and bitter towards God. There's a Trojan horse. See, for those of you who don't know the story of Troy, they built the Trojan horse, they hid inside, they brought the horse inside, and then the soldiers came out and conquered the city. Listen to me. There's an enemy that sits outside the gate of your heart, and he's trying his best to get in. And he's on a mission, and it's found very plainly in the Scripture to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to destroy your life. He wants his best to do all he can to, to, to try to tell you God has abandoned you. But I want you to understand something this morning. God is in the room this morning. God is in the house this morning. Jehovah Rapha, the healer, is here with us this morning. This Trojan horse of destruction cannot get inside unless we allow it inside number two protecting the wounds some uh, some some ways people respond to wounded heart let's look at this this is somehow when we get wounded and i'm going to tell you everybody in this room you've been wounded in some way or another when we get wounded we tend to stand back and we get angry or bitter full of hate or fear we want to strike back we get angry want revenge we share it the same story of hurt and anger we want to share over and over and over again. Suffer it. We in denial, it leads to depression, causes us to suppress anger. Even if we do, not, we do have hidden hurt and secret sorrows, so what? Why stir things up? I'm just going to keep to myself. I want you to understand these are the enemy's plans to destroy. You ever met somebody? I, I, I remember something my dad taught me a long time ago. He said, miserable people love misery. Miserable people like to cause misery, all right? You ever found somebody like that? They, they just love, they're miserable in their life, so they love to share the misery everywhere they go. They want you to be miserable too. Be careful. Our pain can still produce all kinds of destructive emotions in our, and behaviors. Anger, rage, and depression, emotional numbness. That's a bad one there when we become emotionally numb. Mar uh, uh, in, in other words, material conflicts, alcoholism, addictions of all sorts, it can cause us to turn to this world for answers to try to soothe the hurt. Warning. A wounded heart that does not receive healing is an open door to evil spirits. I want you to hear me this morning. Somebody says that's not real today. Well, if it was, it's real today just as much as it was then. 
in the times of Jesus. And a wounded heart can be open to evil spirits. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath or on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. I want to, I want to go on to this a little bit. He says in Ephesians 6, he says, Be angry. Some of us just stop right there. The Bible tells me to be angry, and we just angry. We just angry. Anybody ever got angry in this room? Everybody coming back for the series on lying next week? Okay. Anybody in the room ever get angry? All right. He didn't say don't get angry. Why? Because God created us and he created that emotion. Do you know God has that, those attributes of God? Does, did God get angry in the Bible? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when God got angry, that's not good. <laughs> Stuff happened. All right? Guess what? He said, be angry. Be angry. You, you know what? Uh, you come out and, you know, like, I, I, okay, I was running to get supplies for the church. And I come out, and I look. Uh, I didn't notice it. Uh, went several places. I get back to the house, and I look. And down the side of my, my truck, somebody had just, just wiped it. And the bed of the truck's just scraped. <clears throat> I said, how delightful that is. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that is just a blessing. I get to spend money. I, yes, that's awesome. Thank you. I would love to shake that guy's hand or woman and say, thank you for that. No. I was angry. Guess what? You get angry. And so it would have been ridiculous for the scripture to say, don't get angry. Instead, Paul says, be angry and do not sin. Did Jesus get angry? No, he just went around loving everybody, healing everybody. Really, I see where he sat in the temple and he weaved a whip. Now, that may have taken a little bit of time to weave a whip. I don't know how long he was sitting there, but he's sitting there going. And I don't know, but I think it's, it was bullying every time he made a weave. And then he goes through that temple and he's kicking tables over. Now, all right. What if you came in here one day and I am throwing chairs, slinging the pulpit down, I'm just having myself a fit, and I'm saying, get out! I imagine you'll go to your car saying, now what a man of God. <laughs> what a man of God. No, you're going to go to your car saying, he's lost it. I'm not going back there. He is crazy. Jesus turned the tables over and kicked them out. And he said, you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves. It's supposed to be a place of prayer. But you have made a mockery of his house. And he got angry. What does he say? Be angry and sin not means you're going to, it's what you do with the anger. It's what you do with it. So he says, don't sin once you get, you get angry, but don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. He says, be angry for a season is what it's saying. Let that season have its, have its say, but there comes a point where you have to set it aside. There's some of us, we got grudges that go so far back, we can't even remember why we have it. 
And it ruins us because we don't even remember what the feud is over. We don't know, remember what the bad feelings are about anymore. But all we know is somewhere they did something to me in third grade and I didn't like it. I know what happened. That note you sent that said, do you like me, yes, no, or maybe, they put no. <laughs> and you're holding a grudge. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. But what he's saying is there comes a point where you have to let it go or it'll consume you. There comes a point where you have to let it go or it'll become sinful in your life because you'll begin to plot ways to get revenge. And, and the Lord, what does the Lord say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. He says, I'll take care of that. You don't worry about it because I'm a, I'm a just God. I'll take care of those things. Don't be consumed with it. And then he goes on. He says, do not let the sun go down in your wrath and give no opportunity to the devil. He says, because if you don't learn to let stuff go, you're going to begin to give opportunities to the devil to exploit that in your life and take you down a path of heartache and hurt. I want you to understand something this morning. Your God loves you, Jehovah Rapha, wants to heal us this morning of our past hurts as well as our presence. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like, an, like a roaring lion, seeking whom you may devour. I want to remind you of something, and this one's free of charge. He says, like a roaring lion, because the devil has always wanted to be like God, but there's only one lion that I hear roaring, and that's the lion of the tribe of Judah. That is Jehovah Rapha. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the lion, and I'm going to tell you right now, there is an identity crisis in a lot of Christians because we think the devil's got more power than he actually has. I want you to understand he was defeated on the cross once and for all. God is done with him. It is over. Jesus walked through the halls of hell and said, give them back. Give me back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. They have no hold anymore because I am the victor over you. Some of us want to remain angry. Some of us want to hold on to it. And all it does is drag us deeper and deeper into having opportunity for the enemy to destroy us. And then Matthew 18, verse 22 through 35, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Do you think this was a random question of Peter? He had somebody in mind. You don't just ask that. He was thinking about a situation. He was talking about somebody that was chronically hurting him. In other words, they were constantly hurting him. He says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but I say to you 70 times seven. Quit doing the math. That, the point of this story wasn't to do the math. The point of this story was to quit doing the math. And then he goes on, he talks about those, this man that was forgiven of his debt that was very small. He begged the master to forgive him. He forgave him the debt. And then he went to a guy that owed him, or, a great, or he owed the man a lot of money, and he forgave it. Then he goes to the guy that owed him just a little bit, says, give me what you owe me, and he didn't. And so the man that had begin, been forgiven of this enormous debt throws the man of, that had owed him just a little bit in prison 
And the master heard about it, and he said, if that's the kind of grace that you give once you've been given grace, then I'm going to have you thrown into the, into, the, into the prison and be tormented. How many's got a lot of grace in their life? You've been given a lot of grace. Uh, every hand should be up in this room. We're good at getting grace. We're terrible at giving it. Or at least I am. I'll pick on me. I'm good at getting grace. Sometimes I can be very poor at giving it. Will you stand? Not going to get through this today. That's okay. We'll we'll wrap it up next week. <clears throat> the healing path our part, what we ought to do begins with forgiveness. To be healed, body, mind, and spirit begins with forgiveness. It is realizing who the real enemy is, and the real enemy is not a person. It's the devil. Forgiveness is an action. It is an action of releasing and moving on. I've shared this principle very many times with us, but we need to understand it. So I'm going to reinforce it today. Forgiveness is not about you letting anyone off the hook. We have somehow gotten our heads that if I forgive this person, I'm letting them get away with it. I've already told you, the Lord says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. He'll take care of it in his way, in his way. But forgiveness and healing of a broken heart begins with forgiveness, and it begins with me saying, I'm tired of this thing holding me captive. So I'm going to forgive them, not because they deserve it, but because I need to let myself off the hook. And God, I just don't want to live this way anymore. I'm tired of bitterness. I'm tired of anger. I'm tired of being in Walmart, and when I see them coming, I go the next direction. Because, and then I'm fuming by the time I get to the car because it's brought up so much hurt and pain. That is a miserable way to live. But you know what's great is Jehovah Rapha is in the room. He's the healer this morning. Whether I need a touch in my body, whether I need a touch in my mind or a touch in my spirit, it all begins with forgiveness. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm turning from and walking towards a new direction. I can't continue this path. I'm going to stop where I'm at and I'm going to turn around and walk towards the healer. This is how our Heavenly Father will treat us when we forgive and we move on. He will begin to flow into us with healing. Luke 4, 17 and 19, this is how we're going to kind of wrap this up. It says, Jesus was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he, when he had opened it, 
he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, <laughs> to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus stood up in his hometown and he said, here is my purpose. My purpose is to heal. He was God made flesh and dwelt among us, amen? That means he was declaring to those, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the healer, and I came to heal. I love the stories in the Bible because everywhere we've talked about, body, mind, and spirit is represented in the Scripture. The man, Legion, was not just delivered of the demonic spirits that was in him, but the Bible says that when they got to where he was, the town, they found him clothed and what? In his right mind. Amen. And I just can't help but think where he had thrown himself into the fire and, and had pulled against the chains. They tried to change him. The wounds had, you know, I don't think Jesus did anything halfway. Now, you can go and believe what you want, but I think if Jesus bothered to heal his spirit and cast out the demons, I believe if Jesus bothered to restore his mind, he took care of what was going on with his body because he restored him body, mind, and spirit. I believe that because he was not recognizable to his neighbors. They said, this can't be him because he's clothed and in his right mind. If you had somebody run around naked in the graveyard, come on. And every time you showed up at the graveyard, they jumped on you and beat you. You might decide they got a problem. But if you go back to that same graveyard and it's been going on for years now and you see that person sitting there in their right mind and they got on clothes and all their wounds are gone and you going, something may have happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. It was called Jesus. And Jesus still heals. So here's our altar call this morning. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that's sick and needing healing. Sick meaning of the soul, the spirit, or the mind. Now, I've done told you, I walked through three years of depression and I hid it real well from everybody but my family. But I'll never forget the day Jesus set me free. I'll tell you that story sometime, the night he, the night he turned the lights off in Macon, Georgia just to get a hold of this old boy. You say, I'm curious, come see me. I'll tell you that testimony. But I'll just say this, he went above and beyond so that a stubborn man could find deliverance one night. Because I was a stubborn man, not just a, a depressed man, I was a stubborn man. And God went above and beyond to reach me. He is going above and beyond to reach you if you'll let him. He is trying his best to restore your life so you can walk through this life with the joy of the Lord as your strength. But you got to want it. You gotta come after it. And that is the problem we have. We sit on our hands and we leave hurting. We get in our cars and we leave hurting. We come back the next Sunday and we leave hurting. We hear or we or sit down hurting. We hear hope and we, we think I need to make a move, but what will people think? Who cares what people think? That's what's killing revival in America. Is what people think.
If I told you, if you had cancer this morning, if you have cancer this morning, I want you to know God can heal you of that. He's healed people. If he's healed you of that in this congregation, give him some praise. Come on. Amen. There's some folks in here he's healed of cancer. And I had the cure for cancer sitting on this altar, and I said, first one up here gets it. How many of you would say, well, I'm just going to be polite about it, and I'll wait till next Sunday? No, you'd do whatever you could to get to the cure. Folks, I'm telling you, the cure is Jesus Christ, and he is the healer. There is no disease he cannot heal. There is no sickness that science hasn't named that the name that is above all names, oh my goodness, that he cannot heal. There's no demon in hell he can't expel. Listen to me this morning. There is no power in hell that has any kind of power in this room this morning because Jesus is here. For those who say, I don't need healing of my body and my mind, but my spirit is crushed. I want to remind you of the psalm that says, he draws nigh to those of a broken and contrite or crushed spirit. He brings healing. So, Here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to ask our intercessors, just a few of them, a couple on each side, please, would come up. Just a couple of y'all, so we've got more room up here. And I'm going to just ask us to bow our heads in this room. And if you're in this room this morning and you need a touch in your body, this is a physical touch. You, You physically need healing this morning. I want you to make your way right now to this altar. Come on, you need a physical touch, a physical touch in your body. And I want you just to come, and and these are going to start praying with you. You need a physical touch in your body this morning. We've got room for anybody that's in need of a physical touch this morning. We'll make room. I want you to come. I want you to come. You need a physical healing in your body this morning. Amen. Amen. Just make your way to the altar, and these are going to start praying with you. You can right right where you're at. Oh, my goodness. God's fixing to heal some people this morning. I'm telling you. God's fixing to heal some people this morning. If you're in this room this morning and you need, you desperately need an emotional touch from the Lord, your mind has just been, maybe it's not anxiety, maybe not, not fear or depression, maybe it's just coping with everything that's hitting you right now. You're saying, I just can't turn my brain off right now. It's got, I've got so much coming at me. I want you to know God's ready to heal your mind this morning and give you peace of mind. If that's you this morning, I want you to come. I want you to find a place and I want you to pray. Now, I'm going to call some more intercessors up here in just a moment, but there's others. You need healing in your mind this morning. You just need God to speak some peace in your thoughts this morning. You're saying, Pastor, I can't leave here the same. I got to have a touch. I got to have a move of God. I cannot, I cannot do this without the Lord's touch. Oh, I, got, I, I can't process through what, what life is bringing right now. I need a touch from the Lord. If that is you, I want you to make your way right now to this altar. Come on, come on. The last part of this altar call is simply this. Maybe you are, uh, if you're not saved, then I want you to come right now because God's ready to save your soul. God's ready to, to forgive you of your sins. He's ready to, to cleanse you of all the things in your life that are not right with him. If that's you, I want you to make your way to this altar right now. You need salvation. You know you need salvation in your life. I want you to come. I want you to come. 
Now, I'm going to go a little step further with this last part of this altar call. You're in this room this morning, and you know you're saved, but you have a crushed spirit this morning. You're, you're saying, Pastor, my, my spirit has been crushed. It has been wounded. It is hurting. And you're saying, Pastor, I need a touch of healing in my spirit this morning. I want you to come and let God do what only God can do. You see, you can only go so far till you've got to have a touch from him. And this morning, Jehovah Rapha is in the room to touch you and to heal you this morning. If you'll just come and ask, oh, I feel like somebody in this room's holding back. And God's saying, I'm ready to heal your spirit. I'm ready to touch your spirit. I'm ready to give you joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I'm ready to give you peace in your heart. I'm ready to lift you out of the pit the enemy's tried to put you into. If you need a physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, I want you to come. I want you to come. As they sing this morning, this altar remains open. If you'll make a move, I promise you God will meet you here. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.